everybody. Welcome to the official Candy Podcast. My name is Ron Kuchler. I'm joined by my co-host, Lori Young. And this is our first podcast in quite a few months. How you been, Lori? I've been. Have you been, Ron? It's been a rough stretch. To say the least, there's a lot I need to get to in a real short period of time because in an hour I've got a hockey game to watch, and you know hockey takes precedence over everything with me. (laughs) Um, It is April, and you know April is a very special month to um, Candy and to me. Um, And I thought before I go into all the issues of the day that that we 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 just share a couple Candy stories real quick about April. That sound good to you? Sure. So. Can you believe it's been eight years? No, it's been nine years. Oh my God, where's the time gone? It's been nine years since we um, first sponsored uh, a race in the NHRA. Why do we always have to count? Like, why? Because <laughs> I'm just that type of person. I'm a math guy, you know that. Uh, I know, but like, oh, can't we just be like, it was many moons ago on this day. Well, it, it was nine years ago. Jeez, <laughs> nine years. Holy. That we, that we sponsored Angie Smith in the NHR drag racing, and we um, the race. I don't think the race was within ten days, but I think it was right around now where I had you come down to my office in San Diego and and try on the the outfits that you guys hated so much. <laughs> Those outfits. They got they better were- with time. They got better with time. They got attention, which was what the point of the outfits was, right? I mean, we did look like high-end hookers. <laughs> well, you, you were in a black rompers. That, oh, that, that, that one wasn't as bad. That one wasn't as bad. It was. Like and, then, that. and then we and then we got outfits that match Angie's colors of the time, which were silver and pink. I think you know. Yeah, that silver and pink one. I don't know. But I mean, come on, those are great days. The, I mean, the, the, the second day that we showed up. We were like 100 yards outside the stadium. You can hear them on the overcast broadcast. They're announcing the candy girls are arriving right now. That was fun. It was like being local celebrities in every town. You guys, yeah, you were, you were big celebrities. And this was in Charlotte. And um, that was quite a memorable trip because, again, it was the first time we've ever done any sort of sponsorship. And, um, you know, they greeted us the very first night. We went out to a local piano bar, if I, if I remember right. Um, and they had on the mirror oh, yeah. there, well, welcome candy girls. Remember that? Yes, that was fun. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite the trip. And then, and then you guys just killed it at the track. I, I, I just remember the line for people signing up for autographs, which was, you know, for Angie, but it was also for you guys was like as far as the eye could see. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a good crowd. That was the four wide. That was the first one. That was, was a very, big deal. That was the very first race, and, and it's not like you were the only spokesmodels there. I mean, there were other other race teams, you know, uh, higher end, you know, competition, you know, Top Fuel and, and Funny Card that had spokesmodels, but you guys had the longest lines. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. <laughs> oh, you're so modest. No, for real. We just, I actually just worked for. Um, I just worked for Suzuki and Twisted Tea, and this guy came up and he's like, "What did you guys steal? Like all the Monster Girls?" And I guess the Monster Girls were there were not as many, and they were not as you know outgoing and friendly, I should say, as us. Well, so it was. Well, we're talking about candy, so you know, and I just uh, I'm I, talking I, about me, okay? Well, uh, we're sharing candy stories. That was the first segment. Okay, sorry. So, um, you know, so that was, you know, and, and you guys were new. I mean, so you were new to the track and new to the circuit and these other race teams with their spokes models. I mean, they, they, they had long time, long time followings. You know, they weren't like just some new brand. They were, I mean, and they were well-known brands too. So, yeah, Traxxas, that's who I was trying to think of. Traxxas was the big name of the track back then, the, the, the automated race car. Oh, yeah, and everybody car. knew the Traxxas girls. Everybody knew the Traxxas girls. Everybody knew who they were. But yet, you know, when you went to that race, I mean, the line was for the candy girls. So, um, you know, it was quite amazing. So, um, and then you guys got initiated. 
I, if, I, if I remember right, which didn't make me very happy, but you guys got initiated that race as well, where they, <laughs> they had you stand by the starting line when one of the um, top fuel or the funny cars took off and you got splattered with black tar from the tires. <laughs> I forgot about that. So these beautiful outfits, they freaking ruined. <laughs> and like all up in our face, in our makeup, there was like black. And if you tried to wipe it, it was like melted. So it just like made like lines, like like black eyeliner lines all over our face. But it was burned rubber. <laughs> yep, it was burned rubber. Exactly. Oh, yep. that was good times. Yeah, so that was that was the mid-April, if I remember right, and then and then um, and then the, the only other story that I really want to share about uh, about April is, is 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 after that race. It, you know, you, everybody flew back, but you know, you and I we went down to Miami and met up with Volker. Oh yes, that and, was the uh, best. April, April in Miami. April in Miami, yeah, and, uh, and we stayed at the, we stayed at the Fountain Blue. Um, and um, you know we did. I think I did three photo shoots that that down there, and, and you were one of them. Um, and I remember you were pissed. <laughs> Do you remember why you were pissed? Did I not get to shoot all three days? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. <laughs> you did shoot two days though. <laughs> You were pissed because you you were pissed. Be- and I, I remember I had to buy you a shirt. You were pissed because you had this shirt that you loved. I think it was I think it was a Cal- I think it said California on it or something like that. And and you brought it with you down there to Miami, and it was like a crop tee or something like that. And you wanted to shoot some photos in it, and 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 we wound up using it on another model. And you were pissed that you didn't get to shoot in your own T-shirt. <laughs> Look at me. I'm petty. <laughs> I mean, you're very petty. So to make things better, I actually went to a, a local <laughs> store and I bought you another T-shirt, you know, that you could do a shooting. Oh, my God. I think or, or the was best Coca-Cola. part of that. One of them was Coca-Cola and one was California. So I think I Well, no, a- it said California with the Coca-Cola C and then it looked like the Coca-Cola logo, but it said California. I still have uh, it. I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, and, and I'm pretty sure I ended up shooting in it anyway. I bought you a T-shirt, Doug. Maybe it was only bought. I feel like I, maybe it was a different shoot. Well, anyway. No, we shot you. I mean, we did shoot you in a T-shirt. I, I, I remember it very clearly that we shot you in a T-shirt, you know? And yes. I love those shots. I love those shots. You know? Um, and so I just don't remember... Um, you know which was which was which, but then, <laughs> then I, I think it was when we were trying on outfits or we were, when we were shopping for clothes. You were in a fitting room or something, and you lost your phone. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> and the girl stole it, and then Ryan was tracking it all over Miami, <laughs> and then we like went to the house. We're crazy. We could have got shot. <laughs> You, we were, you made us run. We were running. I remember we were running to a location. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about all of this. I, I, these are memories. I mean, these are embedded memories of, of, of adventures with candy on photo shoots and trips, you know? Oh, my God. We have somebody in California tracking a phone in Miami. <laughs> we're running, running down the streets. You got it back, right? Yeah, we got the phone back. It was wild. And she pretended like it was an accident. She was like, oh, I just found it or something. <laughs> like, you know what? As long as, as long as I have it back, it's cool. But I don't think that was an accident. <laughs> okay, so so I was right. So there was a, so, so there was a, you had this uh, salmon crop top shirt that said California love on it. Oh, yes. Okay. And I had like a heart. Yes. And you loved that shirt and you wanted to shoot photos in it. And we took it and we shot the, the other model in it, Tatiana. And you yes. were pissed. <laughs> so, so we went to a local store. I don't know what it was. And, we, and I bought you this California T-shirt crop top in, in the Coca-Cola font. Well, we I think two. I ended up liking that one better. So with the blue shot, bottoms, we, right? 
I don't remember the bottoms. I just remember the top. So I think they were blue bottoms to make it like red, white, and blue, like very America. Okay. Well, that's what we did. You know, so those those are my memories of April, you know, and, and candy. Those are my candy stories. And I just know everybody comes in to hear stuff about candy. So I wanted, I wanted to get that out of the way before we get into the heavy stuff. Okay. Well, let's real quickly circle back just to the crop top thing. Look at me. I was already styling shoots against my will <laughs> for candy. So I was, see, you wanted me to style shoots from the beginning. I see. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Okay. Well, you, you were definitely an assistant stylist because Volker basically takes control of shoots when he shoots. <laughs> so give me that every- shirt off your back. Yeah, give me that shirt off your back. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think about this? No, we're getting this instead. <laughs> like, can I be in the shot? Absolutely not. I don't care if it's your shirt. I don't care if she's from Russia and you're the one from California. She's wearing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Tatiana. We're just freaking fine. It's fine. Yeah, he's... uh. He's unique, but he's good. He's very he's good. good. It was it was good. They honestly, yeah. she looked beautiful. She looked amazing. And I, once I saw the pictures, I was like, "Well, damn." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna do, right? What are you, you gonna know? do, Tatiana? Where'd she go? I think she's still in Miami. You know, she's a fashion model. She's a supermodel type deal. So she's high end. Mm. You know, she she's represented by a couple agencies out of New York. So mm, yeah. <laughs> So we were just very fortunate to get her in uh, candy. Anyway, um, so, so anyway, I just wanted to share a couple of stories about candy in April. Um, you know, and then just, you know, before I get into this other stuff. But to me, April is normally when I take my vacation. April was before COVID when I took my vacation. I would always take a week off in April. And, and it started with that trip to Florida. And I just kept it going every April after that. You know, I would take a I would take a week off in, in, in April because, you know, I used to I mean I, I used to put in 16, 18 hour days. So um and I'm just thinking right now that it was seven years ago that I was in Naples, um, um, you know, seeing Dave. And um, I went up to Tampa for um, college hockey. My alma mater, Denver, was playing. And so I went up there to watch them in, in the final four in hockey. And it's being held again this week in Tampa this year. Um, so, but my alma mater is not playing. So I'm kind of <clears throat> not all about going back for that. But it's been. You know, it's been, I think I go back to 2018 now since I've taken an April vacation. Actually, probably back to 2018 since I've taken a vacation. Oh, man. Well, 2019, I kind of took a sabbatical to Tennessee. So I guess that could be considered. But I haven't 20, 21, 22, yeah, it's three, four years, really. I still need a vacation so bad. Me too. And, and I'm just trying to figure out what you know what what to do here. So, um, but anyway, so that's that's my April stories. My I love April because April's normally when I take my vacations, or used to be when I take my vacations. So, anyway, I want to I want to go into some heavy stuff here because uh, you know there's some serious stuff that's happened this last couple months. One of them, I'll, but before I get into my stuff, I want to get you posted on Twitter yesterday something, and I said let's discuss tomorrow, and. What did you write again? Oh, I don't know. It's in a tantrum. What did I write? Let me see. I know, and I don't post very much on on Twitter. I just no, but I don't. I don't. I don't follow a lot of people on Twitter. So, like anybody. Oh, <laughs> we're all so I fucked, see. and it's happening so fast. <laughs> yeah, that's what you wrote. So what? So what? So what prompted that? I don't know. Just seeing like <laughs> just seeing that basically in Saudi Arabia they're going with like the the Chinese dollar now or whatever you call it the yuan or something. In uh India they've decided that they're going to be using the rupee as their like you know, I know that's their currency but that's what they're using as like the standard rather than the US currency. So basically just that alone losing our like the dollar losing its value is a huge problem. And then there's so much going on. There's a child having a tantrum next to me and it's not mine for once. Sorry, hold on. 
That's funny. Wow. Get your kid away from me. Okay. <laughs> if I don't have my kids with me, I'm like, can you get that out of here? <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm one of the problems with the world. See, <laughs> no, but it just feels like the world's falling apart around us. And I, I don't, I don't know. Like it doesn't seem like anyone cares or is like aware of it at all. And it's like all of a sudden we're gonna we're gonna be like, you know, I don't wanna go to jail, but Chinese communist China, you know what I'm saying? Like we're gonna be like the CCP soon if we don't like get it together here. And it well, doesn't let, feel let me, let me let me let me let me bring some clarification to your impression of what's happening with the US currency as it compare as it as it is pertains to international markets okay um so in, in regards to saudi arabia for example okay saudi arabia has agreed to um trade um or sell oil to china using the yuan as a currency and not the u.s dollar right okay? so that's the that's what that has to do with. Okay, so they, I mean, so if U.S. is buying oil from Saudi Arabia, it's still the U.S. dollar that's being used. It's not the Chinese yuan that's being used. Okay, so that's the first thing. And the same thing with India. India has decided that they're going to use their rupee as their currency when it comes to trading with uh, four four countries. I don't recall what those countries were, as opposed to the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when it comes to other trade, the U.S. dollar is the underlying currency. Okay, it's just the U.S. dollar is no longer the default currency for every nation doing trade. Okay? Yeah. So it, it does it does hurt the prestige of the dollar. The dollar is not worth less. It's just the prestige of the dollar has been hurt. So that's the right. first thing. The second thing is, which is which is kind of interesting, is that Bobby Kennedy Jr. today posted on Twitter that our uh, government has announced that beginning in July, they're going to be issuing a digital currency. Yeah, here we go. This is the other part that I didn't say. Yeah, so that's a problem, you know, and we'll see how that all plays out. But, you know, but he brought up a very good point in his argument, and I'm not 100% certain if he's right about the right about the year, okay? But he references how that they'll use the digital currency to eliminate the U.S. dollar as 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 a as a, um, as a currency, and they'll also use the, the digital the digital currency to um, confiscate Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he uses that as far as a reference or as far as a as a reasoning behind it he talks about how the US government in 1933 um, confiscated the the gold all the gold outlawed gold as a currency and confiscated it um now i'm not really sure if he's 100% correct about the year when it happened but yes the government did uh, at one point confiscate all the gold and um and say that you know you're not allowed to own bricks of gold, bars of gold. Mm-hmm. And and then Richard Nixon in the 1970s took us off the gold standard. Um, and supposedly all the gold the U.S. accumulated over those years between 1930s and the 1970s is supposed to be in Fort Knox. And supposedly there's a law on the books in Congress that every 10 years or every certain number of years, I'm not sure the number of years, there's a law on the books that says there needs to be an audit done of Fort Knox and in, uh, how much gold is there and it needs to be made public. There hasn't been an audit done in over 40, 50 years. Oh, perfect. I'm sure it's all there. There's no gold there. It's, it's, been, it's, it's been it's been it's been moved to uh, pay our debts to all these globalists and international bankers who we owe all this money to. So, so yeah. So things are not looking very good, very strong yet. But I just I wanted to clarify some things as far as what you just said about the dollar. It's it's not that it's no longer the international standard for currency. It's just that some nations have decided to no longer use it. Um, yeah, it's not it looking tra- good. Trading, not trading with uh, with other countries. So that that's that. Um, so 
the other thing is, you know, so, you know, so that's, that was your little, that was your little, that, that was your little rant that you had there. <laughs> uh, Pretty little one. You know what I've been, it was a nice one. You know, I, I understand it, you know, and it's, you know, I, I, I go off every day about stuff, you know, that. So, um, but before I get into that, you know, that I had a, I had a personal loss recently. I do. Um, and I understand you had a you had a, a personal loss as well. Um, I mean, they're both, you know, they're they're both hard but very different. I think that you, I think a dog that you're that is yours is like so close. And I just, I feel like I just lost Bella, and that's actually coming in April, a whole year. So, you know, um, but yeah, my boss lost his wife, and she was. 73 but like full of life just such a light and um for a while she had been coughing and I just knew something was wrong and I have all this like I think everybody no maybe not everybody but I've dealt with a lot of loss and I think a lot of people when you deal with loss especially unexpectedly or suddenly you kind of start to question like did I do enough like could I have done more could I have reached out more? Like, you know, why didn't I see them more? I think that that happens to a lot of people. It happens to me a lot. I get a lot of guilt when somebody passes and I being a nurse's daughter, like I used to read my mom's medical books and I just knew. And I tried to tell Stuart to make her go to the doctor, but there was, you know, like everything going on with COVID at the hospitals was weird. And then she, they told her she had COVID. She tested positive for it. So then they wouldn't even see her. And then when they finally did, you know how it's, we're kind of like becoming a little bit socialist with our med with our medical um, situation. It used to be like, we'd make fun of Canada for, if you have like, if you need to see a specialist, well, you might as well just die. Cause they're going to take three months to see you. That's what's happening in America now. So it took a very long time for her to even get into a specialist. And by the time she did, the mass in her esophagus was so big, she couldn't even swallow anything. I had to order like a private company to come give her an IV just to get some liquid in her body. I had to get her like baby Benad I mean baby Advil and stuff for her pain because she couldn't handle it. And by the anyway, by the time that this all happened, this was like five days in you know, seven days in. And then all of a sudden she needed to go to the ER cause she was having trouble breathing. And then next thing you know, um, she never woke up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, Lori. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. it's just kind of like there, if you, if you like ever lose a lot of weight really quickly, go to the doctor. If you're yeah, well, that's what happened. That's what that's that's what happened with my dog, and I didn't. Even, I mean, I didn't. I mean, as far as losing a lot of weight real quickly, I, I mean, I, and then when I when I took her to the vet and they they weighed her, I said, "Oh my god, I had no idea she lost that much weight so quick." Do you think she had cancer, and they just didn't know? So, so I so I so in this month's issue of the magazine, I wrote a letter, and I recounted I, I recounted what I'd gone through recently. And do you mind if I read this letter? Not at all. And I actually get part as far as you know did she have cancer and what I'll, that's, I'll talk about that after I read the letter okay. okay so this is a letter I wrote in this month's issue of the magazine which will, which will be available in the app tomorrow and online on, on Zinio and, 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 and Kindle and Amazon and everywhere else in a couple of days um, but I actually you know I don't I rarely share I sometimes I share personal information but I never go into this depth so so here's what I wrote okay and it's long so just bear with me okay and then if you have any questions just ask me at the end here so I recently encountered two life-altering events both made me look at life in a whole new way the bigger of the two was the passing of my furry companion my black Labrador Malibu Malibu had been my companion for nearly 13 years 24-7 around the clock. No matter where I turned, Malibu was at my feet, my home, office, and road trips. Malibu was always by my side. Malibu was a bit of a rescue. I received her when she was only six weeks old, but that was because the family of the previous owner was unable to care for her due to their housing arrangements. He lived in an apartment. Malibu was separated too young from her mother. I recall the previous family took possession of Malibu when she was only four weeks old. Therefore, to Malibu, I was her parent and not her owner. And to me, 
Malibu was more than a companion. Outside of my immediate family, there's no being with whom I had as much daily interaction as Malibu. Her passing was difficult. Perhaps it was because it occurred so suddenly after I had dealt with what was a possible life-threatening medical condition. A recent series of tests indicated a medical condition. Therefore, a surgical procedure was necessary to remove the potential life-threatening condition. While in the operating room, in the midst of the procedure, the medical staff discovered that the CT test had delivered a false result. There was no life-threatening medical condition. I was relieved. I'm talking about myself here. My my relief lasted 24 hours. The following evening, the literally, I mean, you picked me up at the hospital, Lori, remember? Yes. Yeah, and so. I almost came in to say hello to Malibu, but I was like, you just came out from anesthesia. You don't need me like coming in. And, you know, I, I just felt like you needed your space. And yeah. now I wish I like would have come in and just said hello I, to and, her. And I, and, I would, and I wish I would, I would have asked you to come in, but, you know, I was kind of like out of it. So yeah. um, my relief lasted 24 hours. The following avenue, the following evening, Malibu suffered a stroke. She had been diagnosed as diabetic a month prior and was on daily insulin. While I was contemplating how to proceed, I recalled the paperwork the vet had provided. The paperwork discussed hyperglycemia. Malibu was showing signs, unable to support her body weight with her hind legs and disoriented. So I thought she had, so I thought she was suffering from hyperglycemia. I stabilized her blood sugar, providing her with honey and sugar water. The following day, a Saturday, Malibu's strength was improving, and she appeared to be on the road to recovery. Unfortunately, it was only 24-hour recovery. By Sunday, the strength in her legs weakened, and her appetite disappeared. She required assistance to go outside to relieve herself. With every step, I could feel her pain. I began to realize the end may be near. On Monday, we went to the veterinary hospital. My lab Malibu in a weakened condition. The vet provided a range of options to test and treat Malibu. The test results showed her pancreas was failing. So this goes into the whole cancer thing. I'll talk about that at the end here. We threw a medical Hail Mary, Hail Mary at a condition with a mixture of IVs, pain medications, and antibiotics, hoping against all hope that her pancreas would respond. She only got worse as the day progressed. That evening, the hospital recommended keeping her overnight. I knew her time was up, so I took her home so we could spend one last night together. I carried her 85-pound body into my home. For a few brief moments, her appetite returned with a few bites of food. We spent our last night together, her lying on the living room floor would be lying beside her on the couch. When I awakened in the middle of the night to check on her, she was no longer beside me. As I looked for her, I found her in the kitchen, standing over her water bowl, taking her final water sips. When she turned and noticed me, she collapsed to the kitchen floor. She lay her head on the water bowl's edge and continued taking sips using the water bowl to prop her head. When she finished her sips, I carried her back to the living room. She spent the remainder of the night side by side. We spent the remainder of the night side by side. I took her to the vet in the morning to say goodbye. Unable to say goodbye, I requested the vet try to save her. After a couple hours of contemplation, contemplation, I finally agreed to let her go. I now realized that she was probably in pain for a considerable period. It wasn't until I realized I was going to be okay that she allowed herself to share her pain and for her to leave me. In the days since her passing, someone texted me that we are more humane to our animals than we are to other humans. Society today, the media in particular, has become too focused on striving to vision among us instead of trying to bring trying to bring us together. Malibu's passing made me realize that a special bond exists with one, within one's sphere of influence, a bond that we often overlook until a tragedy brings it to the forefront. So that's how I end it. It's very good. It's very true. So, so when we were at the vet and they're, they're doing like they did an X-ray and it showed her pancreas was inflamed and all the you know they just said listen there's a problem with the pancreas it's not it's not you know it's not processing sugar and it's not processing blah blah blah. I, I guess it's pancreas does two things. But I can't recall what the other thing was. They said there might be a tumor. The only way to do that is to do a sonogram. We have to bring in an expert to do that, and I'm not sure we can get that done. It's going to you know cost A, B, C. And I said, well. If, even if there is a tumor, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so well, I'm not going to go through the expense of doing it. And this was in the morning on the Monday. 
I said, so let's just, you know, let's just treat her with the medications, the antibiotics and the IVs and just uh, and just hope she gets better. And, of course, she got worse as the day went along. She had finally, she, I think she just finally decided that it was time to go. Wow. I do, too. And so, you know, basically that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what happened. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I told the vet, what, what I wrote here is everything I told the vet as far as what happened is, well, you did the right thing. You know, sounds like she went hyperglycemic and, you know, and, and, you know, and whatnot. But as, as I think more back to this, I, I think she had a stroke. Yeah. I honestly think she had a stroke. She couldn't. She well, she was sound asleep. We're, it was Friday night. We're sitting there, we're watching TV, you know. And she's in the living room, it's right by my side. And she wakes up startled, like 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 they were like 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 the earth it was an earthquake or something. You know, something startled her. And she looked up. She's all disoriented. Like, what's going on? Where am I? And we tried to stand, and she she couldn't stand. She kept falling over. You know, she had strength on her right side, but her left side had no strength. You know, so I honestly think she had a stroke now that I look back on it. And I probably should have taken her to the hospital that night. But, um, you know, talking about what you talked about earlier, if, if did I do everything enough, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I kind of, but I even, I don't know, you know, maybe I could have kept her for a couple more months if, if, I, if she did have a stroke, but she was in pain, you know, yeah, so. Exactly. And the, you want them suffering for the end of it. And if she lost that much weight that quickly, she may have had cancer. And that's a really painful way to go. My dad's brother was 40, 49. I think I told you about this. It just happened a year ago, which is even crazier. It happened like almost to the day a year ago. Same kind of cancer. He was 49 years old. And he called up my grandpa and was like talking to him. He's like, I lost 40 pounds. And my grandpa was like, what'd you do? How? What'd you do? He's like, uh, nothing really. I mean, I guess maybe I have been drinking a little bit less. But he's like, you need to go to the doctor. Like, you shouldn't just lose weight for no reason. Went to the doctor. This was like November. He found out in December he had cancer of the esophagus, just like Kate. And then from that point forward, he was in the hospital for about nine months, maybe six months. And then he died in the hospital. But the way he died was after chemo and radiation and like a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and still died. So I mean, well, chemo, maybe... chemo, well, chemo radiation it, it it kills cells. It doesn't it doesn't just kill bad cells. It kills good cells too. Exactly. So it's painful you know? and it's torturous. Yeah. And so oh, I, I, I just feel like maybe Kate not having to go through all of that was like almost like a godsend, you know? And and yeah, then... it was probably, maybe it was for her. I don't know. I mean, it's it's some. I mean, there's. I mean, there's obviously there's. Um, it does save lives, but it actually it takes lives too. And I don't know what the medical percentages are as far as how many lives saved compared to how many lives are lost. Story, I don't either. I think I shared with you when I was in my twenties. I was, um, I was sort of engaged to somebody, and and she discovered she had breast cancer, and she had to go through chemo and radiation. I think I shared that story with you. Oh yes, and, absolutely. You know, and um, you know, it was painful. It was painful to go through. You know. Um, to go through that for her and it was painful for me to uh, support her through that because um, it was unexpected but the thing with Malibu's just real quick on Malibu's death it was it was it was unexpected yeah there was there was no indications to me you know you know I, I mean I thought she had lost four or five pounds I had no idea she had lost 10 pounds you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I had no idea she was sick. And uh, other than the diabetes, and I just figured that it was just because of the, the insulin and diabetes that she was losing weight, you know? Right, so right. I, was, I wasn't prepared. You don't get diagnosed with diabetes and then die a month later. No. You know? Especially when you were in the vet a few months earlier and the vet said she's she's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it was unexpected. It wasn't something like, you know, like, you know, it's coming. I, I, I didn't know it was coming, and that's why it hit me so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it hit so hard. So it's been three weeks now um, since her passing. And uh, I'm just finally, you know, getting around to, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do next with everything. So the, thing, the nice thing was, and I think you saw that, is that, you know, I mean, I, I, I asked them to send me the ashes. They sent me her ashes in a nice oak tomb. You know, like they did a print of her paw. I've got a nice um, plaster print of her paw yeah know. we did that too it's so cute did you keep it's, her collar like oh yeah i kept her collar yeah i've got yeah. her collar you know i don't like but more to me what's more important and the collar to me i know it's not a big deal but 
because I, I would change her collars, you know? Yeah. Um, but I actually kept her dog tags, you know? Yeah. We uh, didn't have so a I collar kept- on Bella. So we were just, Ryan actually just came home from work yesterday and was telling me he worked for a client who had like a couple ash boxes with the collars of the dog around the box of ashes. And he thought it was so cute, but it was like, we didn't really have Bella in collars much. She kind of walked herself because she was this tiny little thing and she was, you know what I mean? She was older. Well, I'm just realized, you know, even you know, with my little bit with a big lab, when I got in that lab, there's such big dogs. It's probably better to have a harness on the dog than it is a collar. Um, and they gave me, and actually, what the other thing they did is they 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 cut a, a piece of her hair and they put it in a little vial. Yeah. Which was nice, you know. Yeah. So, so anyway, I mean, that was nice. But like I said, I mean, and I was very public about this. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't. I'm very open about a lot of things, and, and I just, I, you know, I don't pretend to be somebody I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm very on. You know, and you, you probably people laugh at me when when I post things about politics and. Well, I think a lot of people have lost an animal dear to them, whether it's like a cat or dog. I mean, even like birds, people love their animals. And so I think some people spend more time with their animals than their own family. So I, that's something to like, it's important. And it's something that I think a lot of people, it resonates with them. A lot of people can relate, you know, but what I, what I realized is that, and I, I, I started writing about this and I said, well, no, I'm not going to write about this because it's just too inflammatory or it could be mis- it could be misunderstood. But um, is what I, I realized is that, you know, an animal is very personal with somebody and uh, and not everybody understands how personal that is to somebody. So there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm a very sympathetic person. OK. I, I, I feel for people. I feel bad for people. You know, I feel or I feel or I'm very, you know, very, you know, emotional. Uh, I feel bad for people, or, uh, but I also feel good for people when I think when things go well for them. I'm happy for them. I'm mm-hmm. genuinely happy for them. OK, so I'm very, very sympathetic, you know, um, but I'm not very empathetic. I can't put myself in somebody else's shoes, you know, okay. because you know why? Because I didn't I didn't experience that. I don't know what that feeling is like because it didn't happen to me just like you know i don't i didn't know what that personal connection was i don't know all the facts about what happened you know so yeah to me i cannot be empathetic to you i can be very sympathetic to what happened to somebody you know or very excited for something to happen to somebody but empathy is just not something that i that i have I don't, and and, it, and it's because I don't. I honestly don't believe that it's it's it's. I I honestly believe that empathy is something that over the years has been made into something bigger than it really is. Because you cannot sit there and say that you understand or you feel exactly what happened. If you're a woman and something happens to a woman, you may have a better inclination of what happened to that woman. And if you had the same experience as that woman, then yes, you are close to, to being empathetic for what happened to her. Okay. But if you're a guy and something happens to another woman, happens to a woman, how can you have empathy for the woman? You don't know. You're not a female. You don't know what it's like. You didn't, it didn't happen to you. You know, yeah. or you're a woman. You don't have empathy for And this is what happens. I'm getting around to this. Okay. It goes, it gets, it gets around to the dog. If you're a woman and something happens to a guy, you don't know how personal that is to the guy. You're not a guy. You don't know. Mm-hmm. It gets around to the dog. What I noticed is when it came to the passing of Malibu, okay, outside of, outside of people that I'm very, close to like yourself okay or my family or other um friends of mine for 30 40 years okay okay who understand who know me i mean they know me okay they honestly know who they know they know ron they spent enough time with ron they know they know who ron is they know what ron's all about you know they know me they, they, those people reached out to me overwhelmingly. Okay, <clears throat> people who I have casual 
relationships with, whether it's through candy or just through other other means you know, of business or whatever, you know, very few people reached out to me. Okay, they weren't they weren't sympathetic. They certainly weren't empathetic. You know. So when it comes to empathy, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I honestly have a unless you're unless, unless 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 what I already described to you, unless you're a woman who's already gone through the same thing as that woman's gone through, okay? Okay, or you're a guy. You know, or a woman, okay, who has a long-term close relationship with somebody. If you have a long-term close relationship with somebody and you understand that person in and out, then you can be empathetic. But if you're not, and and if you're not, you can't be empathetic to that person because you don't know how personal that is to somebody. And this whole thing goes back to this whole pride thing with the NHL and everything else too, where the Toronto Toronto Maple Leafs posted something on social media about inclusiveness, you know, and 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 stuff like that, and and empathy. Nope. At some point in our lives, you know, unless. You're some perfect person, okay? At some point, which is less than one-tenth of one percent of the population, at, at some point in your life, you have not been included in something. Whether you were in high school and you were the ugly duckling or whether you're in high school and you were just not a very good athlete and people made fun of you because of that or whether you were in grade school – and you were shy and you didn't interact with people and therefore people didn't interact with you. People made fun of you because of your shyness or whether, you know, you know, you failed in, in business or you failed in a marriage or, or whatever reason, you know, you, you got divorced and your wife's friends went with her and, and excluded you, even though you maybe were 15, 20, and I've never been married, even though you've been you know, involved 15, 20 years, you know what I'm saying is at some point in your life, you've been excluded from something. Okay, so it's inclusivity is something that you have to work through. You know, you work through to get included in somebody. It doesn't come automatically. You're not entitled to being included in something. You have to work your way towards being included. You you have to fit in with the people. They don't. I'm gonna be honest. I have tried out for cheer teams. Like I had to try out to be on the team, and I still wasn't included. It's fine. I I think everybody is like kind of. We're all a little bit exactly. of a nerd. We're all a little bit. There's always a place, even the coolest kid at school, there's somewhere that they don't feel included. Maybe it's their family. Maybe it's whatever. Exactly. Everybody has that. Don't force. But yeah, but don't force it. Don't. You know what? And, and everybody, you work through to becoming something else. You work through. I work through to become included in things. You know what I mean? You work through it. That's that's what makes you a person. You work hard to get through. And I everything. think it makes your personality better. It like hones your personality. So this, it's like, oh, you're not included because you're an whole, asshole? Yeah, exactly. So my whole point about this whole inclusivity is is don't penalize a company or don't penalize a group of people because they're not including you. You're not part of it. You don't fit. Go, You fit somewhere else. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Accept that fact. You don't fit. So go find another, find people who you fit with. Don't force yourself. Or, or or sue people because you don't fit. Yeah, and that's not that's not evil. That's the truth. You we're know? not going off of survival of the fittest anymore, which no, is a little not. harsh of a way of like thinking. But it's like that. That's kind of when people were um, not chastised, but what's that word when you were like sent away from your group like ostracized if you get ostracized from a group like that's for you to go think about what you've done and like fix your shit because everybody in this group has decided you're a problem that's not for you to go sue the group and stay the asshole that you are you know it's like you're supposed to make you're supposed to become better that's the journey we're supposed to be on whether you believe in like christianity judaism Mormonism, whatever, or atheism, our journey should still be about becoming a better regard, just becoming better. Just your journey should be, I started out as this. I've made some mistakes. Every mistake should be fixed. But it it goes the other way too, where the group has gone, you know, basically drank the Kool-Aid. So when you get into like group that, think stuff, but I'm yeah, talking well, about like well, the that, old that, well, days. That happened, where, with like, co- that happened with COVID. 
group well, thing. We're in a different society now. I'm talking about the olden days. I'm talking about like ancient Rome and like I'm talking about oh. like Leonardo DiCaprio, like well, in Romeo and Juliet here. It's well, like I'm, you I, fucked up, you have to leave, and we all think so. And maybe if you do better, you can come back. But you need well, to say if, sorry if to, and do better. But, but you know, you look in the mirror and say, Do I fit with these people anymore? Right? No, I don't. I don't I don't share the same beliefs as these people. I don't share the same values as these people. I don't have the same, you know. <sighs> empathy is these people you know what i'm saying so, so go make your own group somewhere else go make your own group. go find other people who think the same way and you do that by socializing you talk to people whether it's in a coffee shop or a restaurant or a supermarket or a gym or or a fitness trail or, or whatever you know what i mean you know you find people that you fit with who share a similar shares uh, share a similar view i you know, i'm very open on facebook and twitter about you know about my points of view i don't go out of my way of trying to find people you know and i'm also very selective who, who i communicate with you know because you know if we don't have a we don't have a common core values or common beliefs you know then we what's the point you know see i so. don't totally feel like that i actually just had a situation with my neighbor who i love dearly but we disagree on a lot of things and Sometimes when we drink, especially me, I like, I don't like, but when I drink, I poke people a little bit because I honestly don't know why. And I wish I would stop it, but I poke people a little bit about like things that they believe in. And I play devil's advocate a lot. And it's, well, it's, my, it's it I, won't even be something I believe th strongly about most of the time. It'll be something that like, I'm just irritated by. And then if you feel strongly about it now, I want to know why. And yeah, it, but that's, but like I have a college buddy and he, you know, he's constantly commenting on my political posts, you know, and I can, I've kept him. I haven't, you know, unfriended him. You know, I just, but you know, it's, it, you know, I've, he's, you know, we go back. You know, I, I haven't seen the guy since I graduated from college. But he, but yet we reconnected on Facebook, and he, you know, was in the same fraternity as I. And um, you know, so we have differing views when it comes to comes to Trump and and Biden and everything like that. So we have conversations that go back and forth. And I think that's kind of, totally fine. I don't. I don't think we should be an. I don't think we should put ourselves in an echo chamber. I don't think we should all be like, yeah, that's what I believe in. Because if you do that, if you only surround yourself with people who believe in the same thing as you, it's like a circle jerk of bullshit. There needs to be somebody who goes, you know what? Even if you're right, you still need to question that. And like, let's let's actually question like what we're what we believe so strongly in. And I think that's what I was kind of getting at. And I, I did it. I went around about it in the wrong way. And now she kind of like unfriended me, but not like on social media, like in real life. Like she basically said, I'm not coming over here anymore. <laughs> and I feel really bad. And like, I apologize and such. But at the end of the day, like, did you apologize because you were wrong? Did you apologize because you were rude? I mean, why did you I apologize because I don't want to make somebody feel a certain way when they come to my home. Like, I don't want you to feel like you are going to come here. I'm going to offer you drinks and then I'm going to attack your like way of thinking. That's, right, that's fucked it, up. So, okay. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> I, what I call is, what I call is there's, there's, there's also detente and I have detente with a lot of people. Okay. So I, there's quite a few people that, that, um, that I'm friends with, but there's detente, which means that, you know what? We can talk sports. We can talk relationships. We don't talk politics. And so, when it comes to politics, it's to taunt. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna opine on my views, and I'm not gonna opine on your views. Hundred percent. Okay. So there's the taunt. So I have that type of relationship with people. So, but when I had when you sit there and you have different views on life, you have different views on you know how to raise a family, or if you have different views on politics, or different views on religion, or different even different views on everything, then what's the point of even socializing? You understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I say, if you have nothing in common anymore, absolutely nothing, there is no point because you're on polar opposites. You're not going to see each other's point of view. So, Well, okay, point. when you have kids, though, you have different reasons for being friends with people. Like, okay, your kids and my kids are like best friends and we're neighbors and we're just like geographically local and you're fun. So it's kind of like my mother is Irish Catholic and very conservative and raised me. You don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion and sex. You don't talk about those things in public. You just don't. It's private matters. And those are things you talk about in your own home with like your spouse. You don't talk religion, politics, or sex. You just don't do it in public because it's unnecessary. People shouldn't know what you're doing in your bedroom. You can have 40 fucking partners in there. You guys can run trains all day if you want, but that shouldn't be something that 
anybody has to know about, especially their children. And I think that's a problem that we've entered in mainstream society is like everybody wants you to be in their bedroom. And like, I don't fucking want to know what you're doing in your baby diaper with your like, I, I don't want to know, you know? Well, that's yeah. So that sounds certainly like a, a parent, a prank, which I can't comment because I'm not a parent. Okay. So that's obviously something I'm not, that I'm unable to comment to. So I'm, I'm not going to comment on it because I'm not educated. I'm not informed when it comes to that subject. I'm ignorant when it comes to that subject. So therefore I'm not going to have an opinion on that subject. Same yeah, thing comes to, but to, so, so same thing you just said. So when it comes to politics, if you don't know all the case, all, all the facts surrounding something, you shouldn't comment on it. You shouldn't just totally. repeat, you shouldn't just repeat the media talking points on it. You know, that's all I or when it comes to life issues, you know, you shouldn't just repeat. And it goes back to the whole whole thing with empathy. Okay. You can't sit there and tell me that you're empathetic with a gay person living in New York City. You don't know what yeah. it's like to be a gay person living in New York City. So don't sit there and give me a hard time because I'm not empathetic. Because you're sure how not empathetic because you don't know. I'm just honest yeah. about it. I'm sympathetic if there's if if they if they get attacked and abused, that's wrong. Nobody should be subject to that, you know. But don't sit there and tell me you feel better. You know better because you 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 know because because of whatever reason, because of your political beliefs. <laughs> so I think that's kind of what we were at earlier. And and you said you and we kind of I kept talking. I you you were going to say something about empathy, <laughs> were you not? Well, I think I just wonder like maybe we're trying. I'm trying to kind of figure out like what your definition of empathy is and maybe it's kind of like people are using that word maybe abusing that word like oh i'm so empathetic i just feel for him i'm an empath i think maybe that's where it's gotten to the point where it's getting like a little bit like muddied but i think the word empathy is just literally but you're right the ability to understand and share the feelings of another how can you share the feelings of something you've never experienced. Exactly. It's almost, that's, my, that's my whole point. How can you possibly feel what they're going through if you've never gone through it yourself? And even if you have, like, this is a really good, actually, this is a very good instance. People have had miscarriages. A lot of people, including myself, including people that I love and know. But we've all had them in different stages. And, like, mine was so early on because it was right after I had, I right after I had Jet and it was too early. My body was like, no, nope, this isn't going to work. Like I, I wasn't even able, able to make milk anymore, but I have very close family members who had it so far along that they had to have like a full on DNC type abortion because the baby didn't develop like a kidney. And, and that's such a different and far more traumatizing situation than what I had. You know what I mean? And it's still like the idea of like, we both lost something, but that's different. Yeah, I, and I can't, I, and I, I can't, can I can't, I can't, I, and I can't, I can't have empathy for you because I didn't go through it. I am sympathetic for you. Same. You know? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm very, I'm, and Lori, this is the first time you've ever said this to me. I've never, I never knew you had, you had a, you had a miscarriage. Well, so, because what happened I'm was sorry. I didn't actually go to the doctor and get it like tested. I never got tested that I was pregnant. It was just. Mm -hmm. I knew because I never had anything happen like that. And it was my, my yeah. milk stopped and I, it was like, you know, very traumatic. And yeah. they were like, Oh, maybe it's your first period, but it wasn't, it just, no, right. It wasn't. I got, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had cousins who had miscarriages at different stages along the, like you talked about. Yeah. But, and the only and way I, you know is if you went straight into horrible, the doctor. It's horrible and you feel bad. And, hold on a second. <coughs> 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 It's horrible. You feel bad and you feel sad for them and you feel sympathetic for them. But I don't understand what that's like. I haven't gone through that. You know? Right. So that's, you know, so that's, that's my point is, is, is the term empathy is, is, is a Trojan's horse that people use to, to divide the country, divide people. And my point is you're not using the term correctly. Because you, you don't, you, unless you personally went through it, you don't have empathy. Right. And uh, you can be sympathetic and sympathetic. There's nothing wrong with being sympathetic, you know, you know, um, but you can't. Have, I mean, and this goes back. This is not just something that uh, this is not something that's just new today. This goes back to the 90s. OK, empathy. OK, this is when empathy first started creeping into the corporate lexicon of language of, 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 of trainers being used by companies to you know, have their employees have more empathy. And um, because I know I went through this, I went through this training and, you know, it's like, I just, I totally disagree with them back then. I disagree with it now, you know, 
So, yeah. you know, I think it, I, I, I don't think you can. And, and it came up with the dog. And, you know, it, it just came to my mind with the dog. With Malibu's passing, and when I started thinking about all the people who reached out to me, and more importantly, the people who didn't reach out to me, who knew the dog passed and knew how much the dog meant to me. I mean, there's no hiding how much that dog meant to me. You know, you look at my Instagram page, it's Malibu. It's always been Malibu. You know, you go to Facebook, it's Ron and Malibu. You know what I mean? It's that yeah. dog meant so much to me, you know? And the fact is, you know, and, and when when she passed, I, you know, I made a big deal about it. And people see this because you see on, you can see on Instagram, you know, who looked at your story and your, and your reel and stuff like that. And then, and then they don't, they don't reach out to you and say, I'm sorry. They don't show any sympathy. Right. But I'm looking for empathy, but I'm looking for sympathy, you mm-hmm. know, and you don't, you don't get any. I'm sorry. If I see your dog pass or your child broke their leg or your, your a man, family member passed or a friend passed, you know, I'll, I'll reach out and say, I'm sorry about your passing to show sympathy to you, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so it, go ahead. An- another, another side of this is uh, my, the guy across the street from my work. And just to kind of like, I guess not preface it, but like, what is the when you say it afterward (laughs) me and my boss are very close it's not like we're like boss and co-worker or whatever employee it's like we are we're like family so him losing his wife has been really hard on me it's it's she's she's like family so it's kind of different but when we told the (laughs) the neighbor that owns another store across the street he's from um he's from israel and Mm -hmm. he's lost a lot like he lost a brother very young he played professional soccer he was like literally in the wars in israel mm-hmm. and he lost a son like 10 15 years ago so when we were telling him like i think kate might yeah. be dying he's like yeah, i lost a son big deal and it's just like wow like that's the other side of it that's somebody who should have empathy but instead is like you'll be fine i lost my son that's nothing like an old wife no biggie. Well, there's there. Well, there's cultural things too. You know, I mean, my dad was very cold. My, you mm-hmm. know, um, so you know, it just there was you know, when the passing of somebody, there was no emotion from him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, that's just a cultural thing. Um, that when it comes to some some things, so maybe with some with some people, I can understand that there's a cultural thing. But there are some other people. That, I mean, I was, some of the people who reached out to me, I was very surprised to hear from them. You know, yeah. And I was thank I was and I was very thankful, and it was very you know I had very nice conversations with them in regards to it, and they they provided me with some great advice for grieving and and how to approach it and, and whatnot. But at the same time, I was very offended and um, the fact that I didn't hear from some people. You know? But again, I think some people just don't see it like that. They're like, it's just an animal, uh, you know, especially if they don't have that kind of bond with theirs. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I mean, I guess, I, but then it comes back to the whole empathy, sympathy thing and then how I just think that that term is not uh, correctly used then because, you know, um, you, you just don't understand, you know. What it is for somebody to lose something. So, anyway, so that's that. And I, just, um, I got my hockey game, but I want to talk real quickly about politics because um, we have this, this. This has not been a political thing. This has been more about personal relations, I would say, as far as what we were just talking about here. So, but it's safer. What's safer? <laughs> to talk about personal relationships over politics. Oh well, the whole yeah, well, so the whole thing. I mean, empathy, sympathy—that's a very—that's a trigger. You know, people. So you're not empathetic. It's a trigger word for people. You know, mm-hmm. inclusiveness. That's that's a trigger thing for people these days. These are social issues, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> but uh, but but when it comes to when it comes to politics, I mean, our our. I mean, here's here's what I'm going to say about this thing. Okay, I'm, I'm and it's and it's and it's a beating. It's a, it's it's like you're beating a dead horse. Okay, <laughs> and. But it frustrates the hell out of me, especially when I do have discussions with people when it comes to politics and stuff like that, you know. Um, but I, I can't stand the double standard, okay? And I can't stand the double standard when it comes to justice. I can't stand the double standard when it comes to uh, the media, you know. And I can't stand the double standard when it comes to people's opinions on things. So prime example, <clears throat> okay? TDS, Trump derangement system. Okay, it 
it's 90% of Democrats have it. Doesn't matter, you know, what the hell, what he did or, or, you know, all the good stuff or the bad stuff. Doesn't matter. It's TDS. He's a bad person. And anything that happens to him is, is on purpose. Okay. That's, that's, that's the train of thought. You're not going to change. You're not going to change. They're not going to change their, so it's the train of thought on it. <clears throat> so it's all documented. It goes back to the fact with Hillary Clinton, you know, the funny thing is they're prosecuting Trump now for having a um, election violations, federal election mm-hmm. violations, okay, where Hillary Clinton recently had to pay a fine to the Federal Election Commission for violation of a federal election law when she was competing against Trump, okay? They didn't prosecute her. They just fined She still lost. She, but she, and she still lost, but she had to pay a fine because she violated federal election law, okay? No coverage on that. No prosecution. Just like, here's a fine, pay it. But Trump allegedly, you know, had federal election law violations, which he didn't, but that's a whole other story. And they're going to they're gonna prosecute him for that. What's the difference? I don't What's know. What's the difference? There's not one. That's why. One is, well, because Trump didn't violate federal election law, and, and Hillary did, but he's Trump. So regardless of the fact of everything else. So to me, it's just like, you know, I, I, I did not want him to run for real. I did not want, want him to run for election again. I'd rather just find somebody else who could bring the country together. Mm-hmm. But I just, I also don't like how unjustly he's being prosecuted. I don't you think know. anybody can bring the country together. I think everybody's so warped and so, I mean, like I said, look around you. No, everyone, nobody wants to deal with the real issues at hand. They just want to like live their best life. Post well, I, on I, the I, well, I said that. I think I said that on Facebook. I said you'd rather just keep your head in the sand like an ostrich and just hope it's going to go away and things will be better. It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It's going to no, get it's worse. Gonna go it's, 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 it's getting worse. It's getting worse and it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And you either do something about it, you know. Or you just let it, you just let your Here's your my thing. Like, what do we do besides like, oh, go vote? Like, what do you actually do? What is there to actually do, right? You get active. You get involved. You get involved. And that's that's the problem. So I, I don't, you know what, we're out of time because I don't, you know, we can maybe talk about this next time. But you get involved. And I'll leave it on this point, is that I have a friend who's very much involved politically in Colorado, and he tells me that the only people who are involved in, in the politics on the Republican side of things are Trump supporters, and that there's not a balance of, of Republican contributions to, to the, the politics in Colorado. And because that's the problem, because you're not getting balance. And, I think the uh, Republicans that are actually in power are fake Republicans anyway. I think it's all bullshit. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. When you look at yeah, you look at this. When you look at the uh, the federal uh, uh, elected officials, it, it 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 is probably you know it's it's one party, and that's a whole yeah. nother, it's a whole nother conversation for a, a whole nother day. Like I said, but and I don't want to go to an internment camp for being a conspiracy well, theorist, Ron. Well, I'm just saying, if you said what can you do, the only thing you do is get involved. You know, and you can get involved many ways. And we we can talk about this next time. You can get involved by actually going to meetings. Or you can get involved by just talking about it. Okay? okay. And you keep talking about it. And you keep talking about it. And you keep talking about it. You know? <sighs> so that's what you do. You know? And you just let people look at you with, you know, glances, you know, ugly glances. Or you let people just continue to try to mock you and you just fight back. And, you know, that's what you do. You know? And you just and you educate yourself on the facts so you don't sound like an idiot when you're trying to dispute something. You know, yeah. So it's you're right. It's it's you know, then and eventually you 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 take you 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 go you get aggressive with your with your conversations on the matters. And I say aggressive, I mean you you start you know confronting people about it. You know, you look at the success. I've wrote about this. The success of the Democratic Party is that you know when it comes to issues, they employ activists and rioters to get their point across. You know. To drown out the opposition, they attempt. They they use they use intimidation. You know, they did it yesterday at the courthouse, and they continue to do it. You know, so I mean that's how they work. That's how the Democratic Party works. I'm not talking about the Democratic voters. Okay, I'm talking about the Democratic Party, and there's a difference. 
You know, there's a difference, yep. you know. So just, you know, don't think I'm sitting there offending you because you're a Democratic voter. No, I'm, I'm offending your party because your party uses activists and rioters to get a point. I'm offending out. both parties. Yeah, well, the Republican Party, I, I talked about the Republican Party does They sit there and they try to have a conversation with them like adults, thinking that's going to make a difference. We're going to give you a timeout. No, that's not going to work. And independents, we're the worst because we don't do anything. We just sit on our hands and watch the whole thing play out. And, we, and then we go, I told you so. When yeah, it's too exactly. Late. Yeah, exactly. We sit there and we told tell, you we, I was smarter yeah, than you. Yeah, exactly. We sit there and we don't do a damn thing. Yeah. You know, that's what independent. that's what the independents do. So, do you I call know. yourself a centrist? I know, like, this is like the newest. I, I can't, moderate. I don't. I'm a moderate. Same. That's, I'm not doing centrist. I don't know what the hell that word is. I'm a moderate. I'm a moderate. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a moderate when it comes to the political views of this of this country. Okay. Same. And, I, and the reason I'm a moderate is because I don't agree with foreign policy um, when it comes to the Republican Party. And I certainly don't agree with the Democratic Party when it comes to financial, economic and financial oh, hell policies. No. Okay. Okay. And on social issues, I'm very much a moderate, which would be considered far right nowadays, but I'm very much a moderate when it comes to social issues. So I'm a moderate. Okay. And that's, and that's the bottom line. So anyway, um, I wanted to touch on this briefly. I wish we had more time to get into it, but we don't. Um, but I, I, I did, I'm glad we were able to get together and, and just share a couple stories about candy in the beginning and to talk about our, our passing of our of two people, two, two, two beings, as I like being, because Malibu's a being. Souls. Um, your souls, two souls, you know, Kate and Malibu. Um, and I'm just, I'm just dying to talk politics. Uh, so anyway, um, that's it. Uh, I like to, hopefully we can get together sooner than later on this again, do another one soon. Uh, All right. Me too. And, you know, maybe we'll research some topics. Maybe we'll bring in a guest next time. So, okay. All right, Lori. Sounds good. All righty. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Bye.